Hello, my name is David Coletta, and I'm the senior leader at Mission Community Church. Before you begin watching the Sermon of the Week, allow me to pray that you might encounter God right there where you are. Father, I ask that your spirit will be present right where people are watching this video. May they be receptive to the voice of your spirit as they watch in Jesus' name, amen. From all of us at MCC, may God bless you as you watch this week's message.
waiting on the Lord a lot this week for how he wanted me to share this word that he gave me. And, I, and so last night, right, you know, until almost time for me to go to bed, I, I just felt the Holy Spirit change some things. And so I want to share with you um, something that um, I believe the Lord is going to speak into each and every one of our hearts over the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we're two weeks into the new year, and there's something exciting about a new start, a fresh start, a new way of doing things. But, you know, quite frankly, when you, when you strip it all down, it really, it just goes down to minutes, hours, days, you know, it's just another calendar year. We're just stepping into what, one called 2023, and today is January 15th, and so right, it's just another day in a calendar year. Now, I know that some of us spend a lot of time in preparations. Uh, some of us, you know, kind of get together and focus on what's the year going to look like. Uh, some people <clears throat> are very focused and owned in on getting a word for the year. I mean, I, I got to have a, a word. What is, what is your word for the year? You know, uh, people come up to you, anyone? Hey, what's the word that you got for the year? But, you know, I, I've, been, <clears throat> I, I've been thinking about that a lot because, you know, frankly, many times we, we get words for the year that halfway through the year we can't even remember what the word was because we haven't really taken the time to plan around what God has been saying to us. And so we forget. Oh, well, the word for the year was, well, wait a minute. I wrote it down. Let me go check it out. But what's the point of having a word if you're not really stepping into the destiny and what God wants you to do with that word? Is that peer pressure? Could it be? I don't know. In fact, I think that for most of us, we will probably... Uh, if we were honest and God gave you a word for 2023, you, some of us might be rethinking that word for 2023 already 15 days into it. Like, what was I thinking? Like, what? I, I said that I was going to do that? How, what in the world was I thinking? So let me just say this at the very start of the year, that if you made a commitment, if God gave you a word, and you made a commitment to doing something, but you honestly realize that it's not going to work in your life, will you do me a favor? Instead of being miserable for another 351 days of this year, I think 350 days of the year, right? It was 15th, 365, 350 days, including this day, so a few extra days. It, do not be miserable for the next 350 days of this calendar year. So what do I do? Here's what you do. First of all, forgive yourself. Then go and apologize 
to people that you might have committed something crazy that you were going to do because God gave you that word, and then move on. Don't be miserable. All right? Is that okay? The first advice is for free. The next one, uh, Tessa will be available for appointments later. You know, in the English language, we have, um, uh, we have expressions that we call idioms. And idioms are, it, it's a very interesting word. It's one of the, you know, I'm, uh, it, it's one of my, my favorite words uh, for some reason. I don't know why. But idioms basically uh, is when you put together a group of words and each of the individual words in that group of words mean something different than the expression, than the group of words. So what in the world are you talking about? Let me give you an example of that. It's raining cats and dogs. Is it really raining cats and dogs? No. It just, it's an expression that, that means that there's a lot of rain coming down, right? Or if you say, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Have you ever heard that expression? It's an idiom. Is your, are your eyes bigger than your stomach? You'd be a freak if that were the case. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Or the ball is in your court. Or I'm under the weather. Or, hey, you know what? One of my favorites. Spill the beans. I'm like, what? Well, I don't have any beans to spill. Can I spill tomatoes? Can I spill something else? <clears throat> All of these expressions, the, the, the collection of those words mean something different than each individual words. Now, I'm going to give you an idiom, a new one, that is actually a paraphrase of our text today, which is found in Isaiah 55. And it's this. We just don't see eye to eye. If you couldn't see eye to eye, then you'd be blind, right? So it's an expression that basically means we are not in agreement with each other. Now, in Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 11, it's that idiom in a few verses. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Powerful words. Very, very powerful words. Now, scholars believe that Isaiah 55 is a very interesting chapter and is a very important chapter because it's called uh, uh, the Book of Comfort. The Book of Comfort in the book of Isaiah uh, spans chapters 40 through the 55. And basically what Isaiah was doing in these 15 chapters, he was taking time to encourage the people of Israel, the Israelites that had come back from the Babylonian captivity, that had come back from being beaten, bruised, mistreated, <clears throat> slaves, and just doing things that they did not want to do. 
they came back. And so God, through the prophet Isaiah, is inviting his people to do three things. And through Isaiah 55, you'll see them. He says to them, come and, and, uh, uh, come and drink. Then he says, come and listen. And then the third thing he tells them, come and seek. Those three things that are just so powerful. <clears throat> I'm not going to focus on those three important components, although you could probably spend weeks just thinking about and talking about come and drink, come and seek the Lord, and come and listen. But in the midst of the invitation that God is giving His people in verse 8 that we read about, if you take a one step back, one <clears throat> verse back, something very interesting gets highlighted. And in fact, what Isaiah, through, by the Holy Spirit, is highlighting the fact that God's thinking and God's way of seeing things is completely different than human thinking and human ways of doing things. In fact, let's look at verse 7 and look at what it says. And you can see the difference between God's way of thinking and man's way of thinking. And I'll explain this. It says, let the wicked forsake their ways. And the unrighteous, their thoughts. So you say, okay, well, that's good, right? Now, remember, the people had come back from captivity. They had been enslaved, enslaved for years and years and years. So now he's saying, let them forsake their ways and the unrighteous, their thoughts. Now he's just going to go a step further. And he says, let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. And I could just hear all the leaders of Israel <clears throat> going and saying, Time out. Time out, God. Wait a minute. We just got back from captivity. We were just mistreated, abused, beaten, told to do things that we did not want to do. We worked harder than we've ever had to. We did not eat as well as we wanted to. So you're telling us, God... To forgive the Babylonians? That's what he's telling them. Those were the unrighteous. And he, God would have mercy? Mercy on them? No. There's something wrong with that way of seeing the picture, God. There's something that does not align properly. So, I can hear God saying, my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. My way of reasoning what you are going through is not the same way of reasoning, of your reasoning, of the circumstances that you go through. And so <clears throat> over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to take some things into consideration that I really believe God wants to communicate to us as it pertains to His ways versus our ways, His thoughts versus our thoughts, and the way that are, they are so different from each other. <clears throat> First and foremost, I want to start with this, that when life is unfair and trials are hard and getting angry with God is easy, we don't see eye to eye. We just don't see eye to eye with God when life is unfair, when the trials are hard, 
And when getting angry at God is easy. Have you ever been there? Come on, somebody, talk to me. Have you ever been there? I think we all have been at some point or another. When life seemed unfair. When the trials <clears throat> that we were facing were just so hard. And when getting angry at God was like, oh yeah, I'm so mad at God right now. You ever be mad at God? Sometimes it's hard. Now I believe that if God were standing here, he would tell us these words. He says, son, he would say, daughter, this is where you <clears throat> and I have some work to do. My thoughts are not like yours at all. I think differently than you think. I see what you're going through differently than how you see it. You see, friends, there is an eternity, an eternity between us, our view of the problems that we go through, our view of the difficulties that we face, and God's view of the difficulties that we face. The way that we see things and the way that God sees things are so completely diametrically opposed. You see, you may have asked yourself questions like, I'm just going to throw some questions at you. How can a good God allow evil in this world? You ever asked yourself that question? It's a real existential question and one that many people have asked themselves and wondered how in the world. Yeah, you know, even as believers sometimes you say, yeah, that's true. Like, how could God? How about this? Why does God heal so-and-so and not me? I've been praying, I've been praying and praying and praying and praying and nothing happens. Why did God heal that person and not that other person? How about this? Why does God allow situations in my life that cause me to get angry and bitter, upset, bent out of shape, and every other expression you can think of? <clears throat> There's another idiom right there, bent out of shape. Uh, um, why does God allow all that stuff when he knows that if I were not going through those situations, I'd probably be fine. I'd, I'd be better, right? I'd be in a better situation, a better condition. Why is God allowing all this stuff in my life? I honestly don't have the answers. That's the truth. And if anybody comes to you and says that they have the answers to why... You know, the problem of evil in this world is the way that it is. I like to know. I'm, I'm, I mean, I can give it a best shot. I look at the Word of God, and I, I think I have a good understanding of what that means. But you know what? I'm not going to take a time to think about how to answer the problem of evil in this world. Why God heals some and not others. Why certain situations happen in our lives that we have no control over. We cannot, you know, here's the thing. One day when we get 
to heaven and you stand before God, you can ask him every question that you can possibly think of when you're face-to-face with him. Although I will say, I don't know about you, Robert, but I I don't think that we're going to be very concerned about the problem of evil when we're going to see Jesus face-to-face. I don't think that's going to be a priority. I don't think so. I don't think, Mary Lou, that you're going to go up to Jesus and say, I've been waiting to ask you this question. Mm-mm. Come on. I want that answer now. I don't think so. I think we're going to be focused on the beauty of his majesty and the glory of his presence. And we're going to bow down and worship him. That's why it's just so important that today when we have moments in the presence of God that we rehearse and we do that well. Because you know what? He wants to manifest himself in and through us. But you know what? For now, I know one thing, that the word of God is our uh, uh, is the very thing that we need to take into consideration when we consider any and all of these questions. You know, in Amos chapter 7, verse 7, I think it talks about that the Word of God, and actually is, it doesn't say the Word of God is, but we know that it is the Word of God, is the plumb line. Right? It's the plumb line. If we measure everything based on what the Word of God says, then we can't go wrong. As we step into big problems, as soon as we get our feelings involved, as soon as we get some ideas that are not in the Word, you know what? Show me where it is in the Bible. You say, well, Jesus did things that were not in the Bible. Well, that you know what? Jesus came at a time when the full revelation of His Word had not been given. It is now. It's all in here. If you tell me something that is not in this book, you're liable to, to have me turn around and walk in a different direction because I'm just, I can't listen to what is not. Your advice, your counsel, your good ideas are great ideas. That's great. But if it's not in this book, it's just not. We have the full revelation right here in the Bible. And that's the book that we must follow. So God's word is a plumb line. And so what the Lord is calling us to do is have faith in me. Have faith. Don't trust in yourself. Don't do your things the way you want to do them. Have faith in me. Now we got to remember also one more thing. None of us deserve anything. We don't deserve the favor of God. That's why it's called mercy and grace. Because it's undeserved. It's undeserved favor. You cannot deserve anything. In fact, you know, there's a, an attitude of entitlement that has taken over our society in every facet of our culture. And that attitude of entitlement basically dictates for us to stand in line to make sure that we get what we are asking for. Because I'm special and it's due me. And you know what? You are special. And God thinks that you are special. And I believe that you are. But you know what? Entitlement doesn't stand before God. It does not. His word stands. His word stands. It's by grace. We're supposed to walk by faith and not by feelings. 
And so when we go through the, the, the turmoil and the angst and the anger and the disappointment, the things that we feel when we go through situations in our lives, it's very easy to get our feelings to take over and the counsel of God's word and what he says in his book. When life is unfair, trials are hard, getting angry at God for not getting what you wanted, for not getting the response that you were hoping to get, what do we do? What is your response when things are not quite as you thought they should be? Well, <clears throat> I think that for some of us, we can have a variety of, 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 um, of responses. We have a variety of, of, um, uh, of reactions, right, to situations. So let me just say it this way. When life is hard and things, do we look for a way out of troubles? Do we try to look for that door of escape to run out? You say, well, I mean, isn't that a good thing? I mean, I don't want to go through troubles. But let me just put it this way. In Romans 8, chapter verse, uh, Romans 8, verse 28, it says this, that God works all things together for our good, right? He works all things together for our good, for the good of those who love him. So, okay. So if it's saying that God works all things together for our good, if we're trying to escape, aren't we saying that God is not going to work those things in our lives? Because we're trying to not face the music? Sometimes it's like that, right? We don't want to deal with the situations. And so we kind of like, shh, you know, we get... No, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. I'm not going to think about that anymore. I'm not going to deal with that issue. I'm not going to face the music. You know, we try to, to push it aside, to forget about it. Forget about it. Right? But that's not the way God works. God works in us all good things for His purposes. I know that in all things, God works for our good. For your good. So that in the end, we will look more like Jesus. That's the goal, friends. It's to look more like Him when we're done and we get to the other side of the situation that we're facing. I know that it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know that sometimes it's not fair. I know that sometimes your feelings are just so you go through frustrations and disappointment and disillusionment and all of the other stuff and all the feelings that you go through. But you know what? You've got to separate yourself from that and let God take you through through, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil. Because you know what? We have got to go through the situations in our lives. That is when God works together all things for our good. If we try to forget about it and escape the situations, we will never know the victory on the other side. Do we allow frustration and bitterness at God and people for not giving us what we think we deserve? Is that what happens? Do we pay back 
hurt for hurt, anger for anger, disappointment for disappointment, when things are not the way that we want them to be? Do we even try to punish God? And at times, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's like, I, you know what? This is not good. I'm not going to read the word today. I'm not going to worship. I'm not going to do anything. I just don't feel like it. Who are you punishing? Only you. I'm punishing myself when I do not spend time with Jesus. Do we overreact and panic when the situations that we face in our lives are just really hard to go through? And think about it for a moment. When the disciples were in a boat and they were screaming, the waves, Jesus, oh, freaking out. Freaking out of that situation, right? I mean, these were expert fishermen. You need to wake up Jesus, who's a son of a who? What? Carpenter. Does that even naturally make sense? It does not. A fisherman is calling a carpenter to ask him for help on the sea. It makes no sense. Of course, we know that Jesus was their master. But from a human point of view, it made absolutely no sense. They had everything that they needed in order to overcome and get to the other side of the problem. But they would have rather escaped the situation. There's a lesson there. right? It's an application, not an interpretation. And so we have got to be aware. We gain nothing Nothing by alienating God and mistreating people and going through situations wanting to find the door of escape. I know that the Bible does say that with every temptation, God will provide a door of escape. But it is not a door of escape so that you don't face the situation. It's a door of escape into God's presence so that you can face it with Him. That's what it means. No, the truth is that we don't see eye to eye with God. His ways are not the way that we envision our life. His ways are not our ways, our thought, and His thoughts are not our thoughts. Here's what I hear the Father say to us. I wrote it down this way, so I'm going to read it to you like this. Because I love you. I have told you everything you need to know about my ways and my thoughts in my word. My word is active and will do what I intended to do. His word is active. If you make my thoughts your thoughts and choose my ways and not your ways, I will deliver you and I will restore the joy of your salvation. But you must be humble and surrender to my ways and not your ways, to my thoughts and not your thoughts. That's what I hear the Father say to each and every one of us. How do I get to that place of trusting God when I just really don't want to go through these situations? I think first and foremost, we have to realize that God has given us his wisdom so that we're not confused in the midst of trials. In James chapter 5 and verse 
Uh, James 1 verse 5, it says this, that if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, thank you, Rachel, uh, Raquel, I should say, for he is a generous God. He is a very generous God. And he will give it to you. What? Wisdom. He'll give you wisdom. If you need it, he'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. I love that expression. He's not going to come to you and tell you, why are you here again? Didn't I give you what you needed last time? Get away from me now. No. He's just going to say, wow. You want wisdom? Here it is. You want understanding? Here it is, my son, my daughter. Here it is. You don't have to do it alone. Secondly, I think we must train our spirit man to hear the voice of God. This is so important. I cannot undervalue this principle. We have got to train the spirit part of us to hear the word of God. You know what? If you are going to get into a place of trusting God and not in yourself, you got to train yourself into what that looks like. And that looks like stopping, pausing, and hearing God speak directly to you. Because he wants to talk to you. He's not going to say to Scott something for Lois. He might at some point, but he's going to zero in on you when you're going through that situation. He's going to say, Scott, here's what I want you to do. Christy, here's what I want you to do. Ty, here's what I want you to do. He's going to talk to you, for you, for your situation. And the secret is just learning to be still. It's learning to pause. Because I, you know, God knows we, we do enjoy talking when we go to God, right? We have a long list of things that we present to him. God, here's my list of things that I want you to do for me. One, two, three, four. And we keep on going and going and going and going. But you know what? God is more than just a bubble gum machine from where you get your, your answers to your prayer requests. He's more than the genie in the bottle. Okay, let me just see if I can get what I need from God today. Let me just spend my 15 minutes with him. God wants to be so much more. And he does so as we pause and we hear his voice. Finally, we can't only go to God when things are hard when the issues are difficult around us. How about we learn to go to God and trust Him for every situation in our lives, in the good and the bad? Because God desires to have a relationship with us more than we even want it for ourselves. He wants us to go to Him. He wants us to fall in love with Him. He wants us to spend time with Him. That's His heart the heart of the Father for His children. He wants us to be in fellowship with Him. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11 is a powerful verse. And I want us to do something as we 
read it. I want us to read it together. But instead of where it says, for I know the plans I have for you, I want you to put your name in there. I know the plans that I have for David, declares the Lord. Would you do that with me? Read it out loud with me. You ready? One, two, three. For I know the plans that I have for you, David. Say your name, not my name. <laughs> for I know the plans I have for you, David, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That is so powerful. I know the plans that I have for you. God's plans for you are good. To prosper you, not to harm you. To give you hope and a future. Man, how many of you want to face 2023 with God? That's the way to face 2023 with God. So how do we get our thoughts in line with God's thoughts? I'm going to give you just one thing. Reorient, reorient your thoughts with his thoughts every single day. You see, we, we get divine perspective when we spend time in his presence. First and foremost, we have got to spend time in his presence. I know that we are all busy. Look, I struggle with it too. There's some days that I feel like I'm running around like a chicken without a head. One more idiom for you. Uh, <clears throat> I'm like, there's so much to do. There's so many things to do. So many things to worry about. You know, moms, you got children. And I, I can only imagine. Courtney, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, I don't know how you do it uh, with twins. And I, you know, there's other moms that, you know, I think of Carrie. She's got, you know, a full basketball team. I mean, it's just like, it's incredible. I, you guys... I know the day can slip by. But you know what? We have got to get away from a mindset of thinking that we have to sit down with the Bible, looking outside at a lake, and just be in the atmosphere with angels worshiping behind us. I, I wish that it were always that good. But sometimes the only time I got was when I'm in the truck and I'm driving somewhere for 30 minutes and all I got to do is just say, call on to the name of Jesus and He will listen. He will listen. Because I know life is crazy and is busy. And we have so many priorities. But we have got to make sure that God is not forgiven or forgotten. Paul says, set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. If we could just get in line and repeat that mantra all the time and we'd understand that God wants us to set our minds on Him and not on earthly things, boy, things would be so much better. But how many times are our minds cluttered with the cares of life and the neglects and, 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 and we neglect the giver of life? How many times do we focus on other things 
we don't think about Jesus. Sometimes we live in fear of what our family, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers might think if they knew that we love Jesus, that we follow Jesus. What would they think if I'm like this guy, this woman that goes to church on Sunday, drags my kids like at 8.45 so I can be a prayer? You know, I'm like, well, who cares? God's opinion of you is way more important than the opinion that any other family member, friends, neighbor, and anybody else might have for you. Because that opinion really counts. We can't be afraid also to speak differently than what the rest of this world speaks like. And I'll tell you why. Look in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, it says this. So let your light shine before men that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know what? There are deeds, there are words, there are things that God has prepared. There are works, in Ephesians says, that God has prepared for us in advance. God has prepared all these things for us in advance. All we got to do is just step into them and be who He wants us to be. We must ground ourselves daily that is the place where we start a new year. And I know that there's a lot going on in all of our lives, but we have got to take a moment and recommit ourselves. You know what? If you have a word, you know, scrap that word for a moment today and just think about refocusing on the priorities, refocusing yourself on what truly matters. And when you go through difficulties, when you go through, through situations in 2023, and they're going to come, guys. They will be there. We'll be able to face them with the help of the Lord and not just with our own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Hey, thank you for watching the Sermon of the Week. We pray that you were blessed by it and you felt prompted to act upon what the Spirit of God was saying to you. If you live in the Charlotte area, we would love for you to come and worship with us at one of our weekend gatherings. That way you can find out more about our church family and what we value most. We encourage you also to give to our ministry so that we might continue spreading the gospel of Jesus to our city and throughout the world. To do so, you simply go to missioncommunity.cc Click on the Give button and the rest is simple. Lastly, I would encourage you to check out the remaining content on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you will receive all of the reminders for fresh content that we put out. Have a wonderful rest of your day. May God bless you and thank you again for watching this week's message.